0: Welcome to Disrupting Japan, straight talk from Japan's most successful entrepreneurs. I'm Tim Romero, and thanks for joining me. Every once in a while, I come across a startup with a business model that only exists in Japan. Now, usually, this is because the startup is responding to a market need or a consumer behavior that also only exists in Japan. Occasionally, however, only occasionally I come across a unique startup with a genuinely good idea that has potential to make a global impact. And today, I'd like to introduce you to one of those companies. Subasa Koseki is the CEO and founder of Facey, and Facey has developed a fashion marketplace based on, believe it or not, text messaging. Consumers with questions about fashion can ask for advice, and fashion brands and stores respond to those questions. Yes, yes, I know. Messaging is already widely used in the fashion e-commerce industry. But Facey has a wonderful and minimal approach to it that really deserves attention. Now, I grant you that the fashion industry as a whole is a bit outside of my core competence, and in truth, I have a fashion sense that is perfect for podcasting. But Facey's results really speak for themselves. And Subasa and his company have big plans for expansion as well. But you know, Subasa tells that story much better than I can. So let's hear from our sponsor and get right to the interview. Your journey to success in Japan will involve some twists and turns in trying to navigate new terrain, planning the safest, most effective way through on your own can be overwhelming. The Carter Group have been using market intelligence and research to guide Japan entrants for decades. They've honed an agile, cost-effective, but consultative approach that will help you find the perfect product market fit, explore user and consumer dynamics, and act as an honest broker to let you know the reputation and track record of potential partners here in Japan. And when you're ready to go, their executive search team can also help you hire the right people to drive your business forward. So if you haven't got Japan completely figured out yet, the Carter Group can help you out. Okay, so we're sitting here with Tsubasa Koseki, the CEO and founder of Facey. So, Thanks for sitting down with us today.
1: Yes, thank you, Tim, too. I'm very happy to present our project. I'm a big fan of your podcast.
0: Well, thanks. Let's get right into what Facey does. So you talk about O2O, meaning offline to online support services for fashion and apparel stores. So Mm -hmm. how does this work exactly?
1: Uh, On our service, users can ask their fashion needs like Coral. Quora?
0: Like the, yes. the Q&A site? Yes, 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 yes. yes. Uh,
1: user can ask their own fashion needs. For example, I'm looking for a sports sneaker for office. Shop staff can reply to the post by uploading their item in their stores. User can ask additional questions. If it's
0: okay, they can buy or reserve items. I, I really think you've got an interesting approach to e-commerce in general, but fashion yes. in particular, where it is this kind of call-and-response, mm-hmm. where you've got customers texting, like just random questions. And, and how detailed are these questions? Are they simple things like, I'm looking for a new pair of sneakers for basketball, mm-hmm. or do you get people saying, I want a blouse that feels more like spring? <laughs> we have a lot of customers. They ask unique question.
1: In this year, the most impressive uh, question uh, to me, 14 years old junior high school student ask, I am a fashion beginner. I start to running fashion. Uh, what uh, do I have to buy first?
0: <laughs> OK. So and, and so how did the shops
1: respond? Uh, so many shops respond to her. One of the shop respond with revise 501. One shop uh, respond uh,
0: with sneaker. <laughs> But I can see that being really interesting. Yeah. It's it's bringing commerce back to a more one to one relationship, and that's great. And so the business model is you take twenty uh, percent. Yes. Separate. Yes. Do the shops ship directly to the customer, or do you handle the shipping yes. and such? Yes,
1: uh, we are handling shipping and uh, payment. We ask Yamato. Yamato is the biggest logistics service in Japan to pick the item
0: to directly to customers. That makes sense. Tell me about your customers. How many customers do you have and how many stores are part of this system now?
1: Over 500,000 users. But one of our unique points is users can find favorite items by just watching
0: Russian uh, communication by users and shops. So the text that customers post, if they're looking for new sneakers yeah. or new fashion, these are public yeah, the and everyone u- can
1: see. Yeah, the other user can read.
0: Most of user users don't post. Just or, read. Yeah. Yes, just reading. Now, of that 500,000 users, how many are active? So how many log in, say, weekly?
1: Weekly, about... Uh, 100,000 users to 200 users. Okay, so yeah. it's a very active community. Yeah.
0: All right. And, and who are they? Are they more men or women, uh, young, middle-aged? What's, what's mm-hmm. the typical user profile? Man and woman is same percentage. Really? 50-50 yeah, split? 50, 50.
1: Yes. their are age 25 to 35. Okay. They have their job and their salary is increasing but their
0: available time is decreasing. (laughs) But I I can imagine that that 25 to 35 age audience is an incredibly valuable audience to the fashion industry. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. That's the age where people are making brand decisions. They're, you know, when you go into the business world, you kind of have to throw away your style from from college.
1: (laughs) They have have free cash to buy
0: fashion items. Right, right. Mm -hmm. And what about on the business side? Is there any particular type of store that is popular? Are they like high fashion brands? Are they, they chain stores? Are they like outdoor stores? Our main clients
1: in Japan, there are so many middle price brands. In the US, uh, apparel market is divided luxury brand or fast fashion. But in Japan, a middle price brand is so strong.
0: Okay and it's these these middle price brands that are the most popular stores yes. on the platform.
1: Yes. General Standard, one of the biggest fashion brand in Japan using our service. And the 22% of sales
0: is from Facey. Wow. But you know that does kind of make sense because these mid-market fashion brands in Japan now in some ways they've been hurt by the e-commerce revolution. Ah, yes, yes, yes. The major fashion brands, Mm -hmm. you know, the the Chanel's and the Louis Vuitton's, Mm -hmm. they have huge marketing budget. The fast fashion retailers have... Huge marketing budget. Yeah, they've got this (laughs) special (laughs) system. But yeah, these mid-market brands are sort of stuck in the middle. They can't stake out a brand for themselves. So this ability to communicate and have a conversation is a really interesting one. And
1: uh, I think uh, in Asia, uh, they have a big opportunity because people get more money, so people want to buy better product.
0: Yeah, I, I think so. I mean, there, there's two things. Mm-hmm. If you look at a lot of the markets in Asia, there are two things that could work in your favor. First, as you mentioned, there's this growing middle class of consumers who have money to spend on fashion. Mm-hmm. And... Second, there's a lot of Asian economies where there's a much larger, younger demographic in that 24 to 34-year-old range. But before we talk about that, let's back up a little bit and talk about you. (laughs) (laughs) Thanks so much. (laughs) So, you graduated from Todai and you worked in banking at Mm -hmm. uh, Mitsubishi and Lloyd's as well.
1: Yeah, after graduating from Todai, the University of Tokyo, I studied in the university role and uh, internet technology, and uh, therefore I would like to launch a financial service uh, utilizing internet technology in Mitsubishi Tokyo UFJ. <laughs> yeah, but you know, <laughs> most of, in most of the Japanese company, I think the best way to success to be uh, business development or marketing for a huge company. Well. I,
0: yeah, I, I think all companies value sales. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. So, so you went into Mitsubishi with an idea that you were going to launch a new product yes. for Mitsubishi? Yes. Oh, you, you poor <laughs> <Yeah>. thing. <favorite>. Oh.
1: <laughs> yeah, but, yeah, but <laughs> retail and inter- internet is not a good career. So I decided to be oh. work as a relationship manager for a huge uh, automotive company. Okay. Yeah, do you know Suzuki? Of course. Yes.
0: <laughs> Were you just trying to find a career and a job that you enjoyed? Or was this part of kind of a long-term goal of starting uh, your own company?
1: It. Of course, uh, working in financial industry, I think it's easy to make more money. But I would like to launch our service. So then uh,
0: I became uh, 30 years old. I decided to quit job. So why... Fashion, so I've, I've never really mm-hmm. followed fashion. I mean, you can tell by the way I'm dressed. <laughs> but you mentioned in, a, in an earlier interview that you've always been interested in yes. fashion. Yes. If you're always interested in fashion, why the big detour into banking? and? Uh,
1: yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, fashion market is very interesting yeah, because users buy items more frequently in the other market. This reason is sent to Amazon. In U.S., average frequency of users uh, using Amazon, I think, uh, 14th time per year. So fashion is very important. User buy item more frequently than
0: the other market. You know, I guess that's an, it's an interesting point. The business of... Selling fashion, selling apparel Mm -hmm. is a very, very different business than the business of creating fashion and creating (laughs) apparel. (laughs) (laughs) And very different from finance. Yes. (laughs) Well, let me ask you this. I've noticed over the last few years in Japan that there are a lot of startup founders that are coming out of Todai. So... 15 years ago, for example, mm-hmm. Keio University oh, yeah. has okay. always traditionally it's been sorry, very… KO, SFE. No. Yeah. SFC. 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 <laughs> they've been very entrepreneurial, yeah. they've produced lots of startups mm-hmm. and Todai traditionally didn't. Yeah. Graduates went into government or went into <laughs> banking. <laughs> <laughs> banking industry or the government. But over the last five years, there's been so many people from Todai mm-hmm. starting companies. So, what's changing it? What's driving that change? I think
1: startup environment is growing, especially finance market
0: is expanding. So do you mean the environment, the overall Japan startup ecosystem or within Todai? Before 2010, there
1: is less funding environment. So established people Mm -hmm. like Todai can't launch their service because of risk. But after 2010, they can launch their business.
0: So it's just, you think, simply because there's more funding available, it's yes. easier. Same as US. Before 2000, funding environment
1: is not bigger as today.
0: Yeah, I, I think that's true. During the dot-com bubble in Japan, there, there was a lot of financing available, but there's far, far more available now. Yes. I think in the last five years, there's been a greater social acceptance mm-hmm. of starting a company. Yeah, 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 yeah. And I think your typical Todai student and their parents are, are very concerned about <laughs> that kind of social yeah, acceptance. Yeah yeah yeah, yeah, yeah,
1: yeah, yeah. Fortunately, my parents and grandparents own
0: their business. <laughs> okay. <So. laughs> They didn't worry about my career. You know, a, a very large percentage of the entrepreneurs I interview in Japan have a role model in their family. Yeah,
1: yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. Who
0: either started their own company or... Yeah, parents or, of uh, yeah, own family business. <laughs> or did something different with their life, right? So I think those role models are so important. Getting back to Facey, let's yeah. let's go back to the early days because I, I think the idea of this kind of text interaction between customers and shops is a, mm-hmm. is a great one. But how did you get your original group of customers and shops? Because you oh, always sweet. have that kind of chicken and egg problem.
1: Uh, first shop group, I did sales
0: activity by myself. Okay. <laughs> so the first thing you did is you got the the retail shops on the platform. Yes, and, and then. How did you get your customers? Was it content marketing or mm-hmm. what was your strategy? Yeah, content marketing
1: is very important for me because we are creating fashion article by our customers' communication between users and shops. I think this is a essential strength of fashion media. So a lot of fashion media, news portal, and fashion application. Uh, want to publish our article, yeah, because our article is based on yeah,
0: real fashion needs it makes perfect sense because mm-hmm. you've got real customers asking for advice, yes. and <laughs> you yes. can see if it works or not right yes. there it's real
1: yes so yeah, we are providing our fashion article to them, and then providing us <laughs> customers.
0: <laughs> our customers <laughs> yeah, good deal <laughs> that's a good deal. <laughs> <laughs> So, when your customers came in, has it been a pretty steady increase from the the time you launched to now, or was there a certain campaign or a certain event which brought a lot of customers in at once?
1: They are enjoying our campaign. Uh, For example, Christmas, summer sale, or spring
0: sale. Okay. So, there are seasonal campaigns that bring in more... That makes sense. The whole fashion industry revolves around that, doesn't it? Yes. How important is print media to fashion industry in Japan.
1: Print media's uh, existence is decreasing and decreasing. Yeah. Also in Japan, I think we can replace published media with our fashion. because we are providing our fashion article
0: to users. One of your major investors is Transcosmos. Yes. Right? So they've invested in a lot of e-commerce startups yeah. throughout Asia. Are they involved in uh, day-to-day operations in terms of logistics or advice, or are they simply an investor?
1: Transcosmos invests a lot over in especially in Asia, and they know conversation trend in Asia. Uh, of course, countries is developing. For now, I think uh, there are better service created by smartphone and SNS. People in Asia usually use SNS or a
0: message application to purchase items. So you think it's more just you fit into their portfolio and their vision? Mm-hmm. Okay. Getting back to Facey and the yes. future of Facey, these individual chats mm-hmm. between consumers and brands. Yeah do they turn into kind of trusted relationships and people building communities around specific brands? Mm-hmm. Or do you try to keep it more open yeah, yeah, and yeah. fluid? I, I guess I'm saying, is the conversation more like Twitter or more like Facebook? <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> Firstly, users
1: ask their fashion needs openly to many brands, but after connecting directly to shop, they usually use message app.
0: One-to-one. Uh, one. Mm. So they move off your platform?
1: I- inside our platform. Ah,
0: okay. Yes. Okay, so you have the ability to maintain and manage those personal relationships yes. within the platform. Yes. I guess that's, that's really the ideal for both the brand and your platform. Yes. We have a plan to launch CRM platform to
1: fashion brand because fashion brand have a needs to manage customer relationship via our platform. Right,
0: right, right.
1: Third, like fourth.
0: Well, I, I think it's a natural transition mm-hmm. from so brands that have tried to establish presence on, say, Facebook, for example. Yes. Where Facebook's business model is, the brands have to pay more and more to reach the same audience. Uh,
1: ah, yeah, 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 yeah,
0: So there's no guarantee that you can connect with your yes. audience on Facebook, yes. and that's that's not appealing to yeah. brands. So you, especially it's, in
1: Japan, people use Facebook by business. Yeah. That's true.
0: What about pictures? So everything now is text-based, but are you thinking of allowing people to say, upload pictures and say, okay, I need a pair of jeans that will go with this blouse and these shoes. <laughs> Give me advice. In our
1: beta test, a user can upload uh, pictures. Ah. Yeah, but little amount of uh, our user use uh, uploading pictures.
0: So most, most of the users aren't using that function yet. Yeah. Why is that? It seems like such a natural... I mean, it's fashion. It's visual. Yes. I think if they have a picture, they can find with picture with Google. I suppose. I mean, if they know what they're looking for. Mm -hmm. But I think another case might be, here are the shoes I have and here's the blouse. Mm -hmm. Find me a pair of pants Mm -hmm. or a pair of jeans that match it, that go with this.
1: I see, I see. I I think communication is more important. Goal is to find a good fashion item. In some cases, communication is gold. User enjoy communication
0: with shop staff or other users. So, so you think just the users prefer the text interface rather than uploading pictures?
1: Most of our users don't uploading in our beta test period.
0: Yeah, but I would like to examine. Yeah, it'll be interesting to watch how people use this new function. Mm-hmm. And it may be the case, as with so much new technology, mm-hmm. that a small group of people will start using it, then everyone will see it and say, oh, that's how you do it, yeah, 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 and yeah. then start copying it. Mm-hmm. When I look at this platform, today it's very manual. Shop owners or mm-hmm. shop employees yes. are reading the text and replying yeah, and yeah, answering, yeah, 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 yeah. but obviously in the very new fu- near future, mm-hmm. This is going to transition into like, if it's successful, Mm -hmm. this is going to transition into chatbots and AI. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. Are you guys experimenting with that already or is that something you're kind of putting off for the future? We are
1: planning to provide our chatbot and AI service. For example, it's very useful to provide information what customer want
0: to buy. Okay. But it, it seems like once uh, shops begin to use AI and chatbots, mm-hmm. I think that's going to change the nature of the platform. Mm-hmm. And what I mean by that is right now, the small and mid-sized stores have an advantage yeah, because they've got individual staff that can yeah, answer yeah, yeah. questions yeah. and are engaged. and yeah, 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 yeah. But once it becomes a matter of AI and chatbots, mm-hmm. the companies that have the most money yeah, we'll have to invest in the technologies yeah, yeah, will yeah, win. Yeah, yeah. And it'll be interesting to see how that changes the nature of your platform. Let's talk a bit about Japan yes. in general and, and e-commerce here. Mm-hmm. Now, one of the biggest differences I've noticed in Japanese e-commerce compared to the U.S. e-commerce oh. is reviews are important everywhere. Mm-hmm. But I've noticed Japanese users are much less likely to leave reviews than our U.S. users.
1: Uh, in U.S., uh, users can return garment for free, but in Japan, users cannot return items for free. So,
0: they have to check in detail. <laughs> okay, well, I guess that also explains why that building up of trust and the direct communication becomes so much more important in Japan.
1: Yes. In Asia, communication is more important than Japan. Because uh, information environment
0: is not good as Japan. Looking ahead, I think the fashion industry is fascinating to watch, at least from the the sales side. Yeah. What kind of innovations in the business model do you think are most interesting mm-hmm. right now? Because I think what you're doing is really interesting and new mm-hmm. to the fashion space. Mm-hmm. Um, Four or five years ago, there was a huge trend in in fashion boxes and subscription services. And those are mostly going away now. uh, Yeah. What other new and interesting innovations do you see in fashion retailing? I run a lot from Asia. Because Asian
1: market is so huge, 50% of fashion commerce is in Asia. In Asia, there are a lot of good service adapting to new information environment. In this area, people don't have PC or television or radio, but people have a smartphone.
0: Right.
1: <laughs> and using SNS
0: or message app every day. Well, it's interesting. So what you're saying is there's, there's kind of a trend towards smallness. Yes. So the big brands from, like, the 60s yeah. were all about creating global brands yeah. and giant showcase stores. And during the e-commerce era, it was glossy websites mm-hmm. and lots of pretty pictures. Yeah. Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. And you're saying maybe it's moving more towards individual text messaging and, and simple interfaces. Yes. Of course, big brand like
1: Prada or Louis Vuitton uh, and Uniqlo...
0: Uniqlo, absolutely.
1: In China, uh, their shop staff or their chat center to use message app, Consumer can ask their own question via message app.
0: Looking at all of the different fashion retailers and fashion startups in Japan and Asia and, and the world in general, mm-hmm. what mistake do you see fashion startups making the most often?
1: In fashion market, there are big and symmetric information between users and sellers. Most of the fashion startups
0: fail because of this information gap. So, do you mean the brands don't know what the customers want? Or what, what type of information is lacking? Seller knows a lot of their fashion items, size,
1: color, and so on. Yeah, But users don't know. In Japan, it's very uncommon to solve a business issue with social science. Uh, Most of Japanese (laughs) companies like fake science. Uh, For example, uh, they thought the Japanese apparel market is shrinking uh, because of diversification of lifestyle or (laughs) digitalization. However, except for Japan, the market size is expanding,
0: although there are uh, bigger diversification and digitalization. When you mentioned that there's another trend that seems to be going on, and and maybe this is why so many brands are having trouble in the digital age, is that the fashion industry, the modern fashion industry, has always been kind of Mm top-down. It's been uh, a handful of designers say, we are setting the trends. Yes, right. Totally
1: agree with you. I think traditional brands, their their business design top-down, their business is not designed from fashion needs of users.
0: Yeah, I, I think the market itself is, is changing. The brands, in a sense, in the global communication structure we had in the 60s up until 2000, mm-hmm. it was a matter of setting trends and yeah. being leaders. Mm-hmm. But now it seems the brands almost have to be followers or at least advisors. Yeah, 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 yeah. And that's a hard transition to make. I think so too. All right. Well, listen, before we wrap up, Mm-hmm. I want to ask you what I call my magic wand question. Mm-hmm. And that is, if I gave you a magic wand mm-hmm. and I told you that you could change one thing about Japan, anything at all, mm-hmm. the education system, the way mm-hmm. people think about risk, the <laughs> legal system, mm-hmm. anything you wanted to, yeah. to make things better for startups in Japan, Yeah, what would you change?
1: Uh, you know, in Japan... There is a huge money market, but amount of financial market to startup is limited about 200 billion yen, very, very smaller than in US and China. In US,
0: 6,000 billion yen, yeah. and in China, 4,000 billion yen. So you would use the magic wand just to increase the capital available to startups? Yes. Mm-hmm. but. Even if we do this, so right now, the venture investment in the United States is about 75 times as large (laughs) as Japan. But if we said we doubled the amount of capital available in Japan, Mm -hmm. is there enough quality startups to use that money here? I think it helped. Some of these people in Japan uh,
1: decided to take risk, uh, decided to go start up in industry. Uh, Thanks to increasing startup environment, more people decided to join startup uh, than before. But it's very smaller than US and China.
0: Yeah. Yeah. So do you think that that money is needed in the early stage, the seed stage, where we just need to get more people out there starting companies? Or do you think that money would be better used and sort of series B, Series mm-hmm. C stage where Japanese companies need to expand their sales and maybe go internationally. Where where's the biggest need now for that yeah. money?
1: I think around IPO. Most of the startups in Japan decided to IPO to Japanese companies do IPO way too early, I think. Yeah. Size of uh, startups is about round C or D. Compared with uh, U.S. startup.
0: Yeah, yeah. A Japanese IPO is an American Series B or Series C.
1: (laughs) It's not good for startups. They have a big plan to expand their service to world, especially to Asia. But this
0: financial environment is not good for their plan. Yeah, I agree. I mean, it's... Much easier to take big risks and make big bets as yeah, yeah, yeah. A, a private startup company yeah. than as a public company.
1: Yeah. Um, some venture capital top uh, their portfolio to expanding their business to Asia. <laughs> yeah. Because <laughs> they make their
0: portfolio to do IPO. <laughs> yeah. That, that actually. before going to Asia. That is a really interesting point. I, and I do think that a lot of Japanese investors, particularly the traditional ones, yeah. their exit is IPO and their their goal is to get the company to IPO as quickly as possible. <laughs> yeah. Sell their shares and yeah. then you know growth comes after IPO, which is just kind of an odd
1: Yeah. My friend, working for a startup, they create their dream to expand their business to Asia or so <laughs> yeah, Because idea. of this problem. <laughs> yeah, financial environment is a
0: big problem to stop us in Japan. So recently, there's been a lot of foreign money coming into Japan. Yeah. Both uh, as foreign funds and foreign capital investing in Japanese funds. Is that changing things at all? I think so too. But in Japan, a CEO of a startup
1: can't speak in English, it's okay, uh, but… Uh,
0: so it makes it harder to raise that kind of money yeah, from yeah, yeah, foreign yeah. investors. Yeah. Yeah, 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 That makes sense because investment, I mean, there's a lot of math behind it, but a lot of it is personal. It's a lot of trust between the founder and the investor. Yeah. Uh, I think captain from abroad
1: investing more money to Japan, I think established people comes to
0: a startup market who can speak English. Yeah. Well, I think it's, it's definitely uh, a force for good. It's changing things for the better. <laughs> yes, yes, yes. Okay. Well, listen, I want to thank you so much for sitting down with me today. I yes, really appreciate thank it. Thank you so much. And we're back. The fashion markets in Asia are different from those in the West. It's possible that the reason we have not seen startups similar to Facey coming out of Europe or the U.S., is the lack of the mid-market fashion retailers. Nearly every segment of those fashion markets are dominated by large major brands, and large companies are unlikely to experiment with unproven, labor-intensive sales methods. Midsize companies and mid-market brands, however, are more likely to be feeling the squeeze between the large high fashion brands, the large fast fashion brands, and the large discount brands. They are the ones that are most likely and most desperate to take the financial and brand risk of letting their staff talk to customers in a new, public, and open forum. Of course, as chatbots and AI improve, the advantage will once again return to the large companies. But scrappy, mid-sized fashion brands, and even tiny niche brands, should have a few years to really develop and thrive on this kind of platform. The other thing that Tsubasa pointed out is something that bears repeating, because it's something that is really holding Japanese startups back. And that's the undue focus so many Japanese startups, and more importantly, their investors, tend to put on the IPO. Now, neither Tsubasa and I wanted to name names, but we both know a number of founders who were growing fast and could have easily raised another round of private funding to accelerate that growth. But because of pressure from early investors, we're all but forced to do an IPO. So, why would this be bad for a startup? Well, IPOs are hard, they consume a lot of the company's time and financial resources. And they require a great deal of preparation, formal procedures, and they always place an emphasis on safe, steady revenues. Everything about the IPO process slows down a startup, and being a public company after the IPO usually greatly limits the flexibility and risk-taking of that company. Japanese investors need to be more flexible with their portfolio companies. A Japanese IPO might provide a safe, medium-term gain. But there are a handful of Japanese startups that have the potential to be multi-billion-dollar global players. In those cases, investors need to be willing to double down and roll the dice again. If you've got an idea about selling fashion, or even wearing fashion, I suppose, Tsubasa and I would love to hear from you. So come by disruptingjapan.com show 108 and let us know what you think. And when you drop by this site, you'll see all the links and notes that Subasa and I talked about and much, much more in the resources section of the post. And most of all, thanks for listening. And thank you for letting people interested in Japanese startups know about the show. I'm Tim Romero, and thanks for listening to Disrupting Japan.